0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the March 29th edition of Kid Talk. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am thrilled that you found me. And welcome, there is power in the name of Jesus. Together we will journey forth getting to know Jesus and his many friends. I hope you and your kiddos will join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. Our Bible stories are from Taylor's Bible story book, and periodically we do delve into my mailbag answering questions from listeners just like you. If you have a question for me, make sure and email it to me at pampastercopywriting at gmail.com. That's pampastercopywriting at gmail.com all right kiddos today we do have a question from our kid talk episode which my grandson aiden was my co-host and cj listened and she wants to know about daniel and the lion's den and was wondering why king darius ordered daniel to be thrown into the lion's den if he liked him and you know cj that is a great question i'm happy to see that you've been paying attention It was customary back in the day to issue an edict or a rule that the kingdom and its people must follow. So King Darius was tricked into signing one that said anyone who prayed to anyone but the king for the next 30 days would be thrown into a den of lions. It had become a law of the Medes and Persians, which could never change. But do remember this, that Daniel continued to pray to God. He was loyal and faithful, and God closed the lions' fierce jaws and made them friendly towards them. And finally, King Darius ordered the men who accused Daniel to be thrown into the den of lions along with their children and their wives, and the lions leapt on them and killed them. So CJ, I hope that answered your question. And kiddos, let's take a few minutes to quickly recap what last week's kid talk entailed. We discussed pretty much, well, not pretty much, but in depth Jesus's earthly ministry and how it was active for approximately three of the 30 years that he was on earth. While he was doing things up until the of about age 30, it really became uh, instrumental and fully engaged from about age 30 to 33. And during this time, many Jewish people were witnesses to the miracles of Jesus. But these very people disregarded Jesus as their savior who came to pay a ransom for their sins. And do you know what the word ransom means? It means loosing from sin. And remember, sin just means missing the mark falling short of the mark the goal in our case let's look at ransom in the context i'm conveying it to you jesus gave up his life in an atoning sacrifice under god's judgment upon this sin and provided a ransom whereby those who receive him on this ground would obtain deliverance from the penalty due to sin that's what scripture teaches. Now what does that mean? It means that this definition for ransom taken in context is that Jesus died for you and he died for me. Somebody needed to pay the cost of mankind's sin and Jesus paid it all at the cross. We all became equal at the foot of the cross when Jesus willingly took our punishment. This made God happy. God could love all of us once again. And think about going to your favorite place where you buy ice cream. You order the best flavor on the menu, maybe even chocolate chip, and you splurge and order two scoops, not just one. And the server hands you your ice cream. And then they give you a bill for what you owe. Well, this is similar to our example where there's an expected payment for missing the mark and sinning. So i hope this illustration has helped to clarify what ransom means now let's jump in and find out more so even though some people did believe jesus was the savior they feared the jewish leaders more than they had belief in jesus they thought if they supported jesus they would be kicked out of their synagogues now a synagogue or a temple is where jewish people go to church and worship god These people cared more about what others thought about them rather than what God, their creator, thought of them. And there are many events in the week of Jesus' life that led up to, in that short time span that led up to easter many historians are calling this the passion week and today we're focusing on sunday through wednesday of that week and on the last kid talk we had learned about a secret plot against jesus that caused a groundswell of popular opinion against him jesus's friend Lazarus's sister mary anointed his feet with expensive perfumed oil in preparation for his upcoming burial uh one of the disciples judas iscariot was indignant saying that mary wasted what should have been and the money given to the poor so do you remember we learned that indignant means angry we learned about the passover meal and its meaning we also looked at two false witnesses and because of their lie and a betrayal from one of jesus's friends he was arrested But then, do you recall the betrayal of Judas Iscariot turned to remorse, and that had been his friend who had turned on him. But it was too late. His actions and lies were being used against Jesus, and that's why it's so important never to tell a lie. The religious leaders were afraid of Jesus' truth, so they preferred to believe a lie and have him tried and convicted under their laws. Now we're going to step back and look at the events of Jesus's week, starting on Sunday, which is known as Palm Sunday, through Wednesday. And first, let's learn now about the story of Jesus riding in on a colt. And before we read the story, we're gonna I'm, I'm going to remind you to be on the lookout for answers to four questions. The questions are, what wonderful thing did Jesus do for Bartimaeus? Tell the story of Zacchaeus to one of your friends. How did the crowds honor Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem? And why did Jesus cry instead of being happy when this happened? And finally, what happened to the fig tree that Jesus scolded? All right, let's read our story, Jesus Rides a colt. When Jesus arrived in the city of Jericho on the way to Jerusalem, the usual crowds pushed along behind him. There was a blind man, Bartimaeus, who was sitting beside the road begging, and when he heard the commotion, he asked what was happening, what was all the noise and excitement about. Jesus of Nazareth is coming, someone told him. As soon as he heard this, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he said, son of David, because Jesus came through the lineage of King David. Quit making such a racket, everyone told him, but he just shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped in the road and said, for Bartimaeus to come to him. "'He's calling for you,' the blind man was told. So he jumped up, tossed aside his old coat, and went over toward where Jesus was waiting. Jesus asked him, "'What do you want me to do for you?' "'Sir, I want to see,' the blind man answered. "'All right,' Jesus told him, "'Because you have faith, you are well.' And immediately he could see then he followed jesus down the road praising god for the mighty miracle that had been done to him in jericho there was a man named zacchaeus who was in charge of collecting taxes in that city and because he cheated so much he was very rich as jesus passed through the streets of the city zacchaeus tried to see him but couldn't because of the crowd for he was too short so he ran on ahead climbed up into a sycamore tree and waited for Jesus to pass by. When Jesus came along the road past the tree, he stopped and looked up into the branches and saw Zacchaeus sitting there. Come on down, Zacchaeus, Jesus told him, for I'm going to your house for dinner. So Zacchaeus happily took Jesus with him. As I've already said, Zacchaeus and the other tax collectors were unfair, cruel men they forced the people to give them more money than was right. But when Jesus came to Zacchaeus' home, Zacchaeus became very sorry for what he had done. He stood up before all the people and told Jesus that he would stop being unfair. And from then on, he would be kind to the poor and would give them half of his money. And if he ever took more money than he should, he would give back four times as much as he had taken. When Jesus saw that Zacchaeus was sorry and was ready to do whatever Jesus told him to, he said that all of Zacchaeus' sins were forgiven. But the Jewish leaders said Jesus shouldn't eat with a tax collector because he was a sinner. Jesus replied that he had come into the world on purpose to be among sinners, to teach them to repent and to save them from being punished for their sins. Passover was now near. It was a happy time, a little bit like Christmas is to us, and many of the people went to Jerusalem to celebrate it. Everyone wanted to see Jesus, and as they stood around in the courts of the temple, they asked each other, Do you think he will come? For the Jewish leaders were saying that if anyone knew where Jesus was, he must tell them so they could have him arrested and killed. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived. Lazarus, you remember, was the man Jesus had brought back to life again after he was dead. People from all over the country knew about Lazarus and knew that he lived in Bethany, two miles from Jerusalem. So great crowds went there to see him. Then the chief priests decided to arrest and kill Lazarus too because so many people believed on Jesus after visiting Lazarus. For he told them about his experience of dying and being brought back to life again by Jesus. Then Jesus left Bethany to go to Jerusalem. When he had come as far as the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples to a nearby village. You'll see a colt tied there that has never been ridden, he said. A colt is a baby horse. Untie him and bring him to me. If anyone asks why you're taking the colt, just say because the Lord needs him and they will let you have him. The two disciples found the colt just as Jesus had said. And as they were untying him, the owners asked, What are you doing there, untying that colt? The Lord needs him, the disciples replied. Then the owners let them have the colt for Jesus to ride on. They brought him to Jesus, and the disciples threw their coats across his back, and Jesus sat on him. As he rode the colt toward Jerusalem, a great crowd spread their coats on the road in front of him while others cut down branches from the trees and made a green carpet for him to ride over. They did this to honor him, for that is what people used to do when a king rode through their streets. Then the crowd surrounding him began shouting, Praise God for sending us a king! Hosanna in the highest! But Jesus knew they didn't really love him and that in a few days they would be shouting, Crucify him! This next Sunday, April 2nd, we celebrate Palm Sunday, which is what we just read about, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Now, the story we just read ended with the fig tree being dead. Do you remember from our last episode, the two false witnesses who declared in Matthew chapter 26, verse 61, this man said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Now, let's read what God said about the temple. When Jesus had become so popular that religious leaders... Waited to arrest him until after the Passover meal. Now, the temple story is shared in, in the fact that the Jews had seen Jesus do many miracles, and most of them still wouldn't believe that he was the Savior, for they didn't like him. Others believed what but were afraid to say so for fear the Jewish leaders wouldn't let them come to church anymore. They were more concerned about being well thought of than they were about pleasing God. The temple was made of white marble, and was one of the largest, most splendid buildings in all of the world. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples remarked, Master, look at the huge stones in this beautiful building. Yes, Jesus told him, but the day is coming when this beautiful building will be knocked down so that not one stone will be left upon another. For Jesus knew that the Jews were going to crucify him and afterwards God was going to punish them by sending their enemies to destroy the temple and the entire city. So the fig tree and the temple stories are related. Jesus was hungry when he was leaving Bethany and heading toward Jerusalem. He spotted a fig tree, but no figs were on it, only leaves. It was too early in the season for fruit when the disciples and Jesus arrived into Jerusalem, they went to the temple. Jesus was appalled at what he witnessed. The merchants and money changers were overcharging the customers, and they were becoming extremely wealthy in the process. This made Jesus indignant. There's that word again. He was angry. He turned over their tables and said, my temple will be called a place of prayer for all nations, but you've turned it into a den of thieves so the fig tree and the temple resembled Israel at this point it was fruitful in appearance yet spiritually barren and the clearing out of the temple happened on monday so he rode into town on sunday that was palm sunday he turned over the money changers tables on monday now it's tuesday and jesus teaches the olivet discourse in the temple and tuesday was also the busiest day of the week for jesus the religious leaders had challenged him and he tells them parables to answer their challenges. They wanted to know by whose authority did Jesus drive out those merchants from the temple on the day before on Monday. And Matthew chapter 21 verse 25 shows that Jesus asked the leaders a seemingly unrelated question. He said, did John's baptism come from heaven or was it merely human? Had Jesus answered their question that the authority came from God, they would accuse him of blasphemy. If he had said he was acting on his own authority, the crowds would be convinced that the Pharisees had the greater authority. But Jesus answered them with that unrelated question, exposing their real motives. They didn't really want to answer to their question. They only wanted to trap him. So Jesus showed the Pharisees, only wanted the truth if it was going to support their own views and causes. And he went out and about Jerusalem teaching many more stories on Tuesday. Now, the second story that we're going to learn about is Jesus said, always be ready for the judgment day because no one knew when it would come. Then he told a story about 10 girls at a wedding reception. In that country, when a man was married, he brought his bride home after the supper and his friends would go out with their lamps to meet them and welcome them to their new home. This is what 10 girls planned to do. They lit their lamps and were ready, but because the bridegroom and the bride didn't come right away, the girls sat down to wait and fell asleep. Five of them had been wise enough to bring extra oil so that if their lamps went out, they could fill them again but five were foolish and didn't have any extra oil around midnight there was a shout here comes the bridegroom go out and meet him then the girls woke up but the lamps of five of them had gone out the five who hadn't brought extra oil along they said to the other girls please give us some of your oil but the others replied we don't have enough some of the shops are still open go and buy some While they were gone, the bridegroom came, and all those who were ready went in with him to the reception, and the door was locked. When the other girls came back, they knocked loudly at the door. Sir, open to us, they called, but the bridegroom refused to let them in. In this parable, the bridegroom means Jesus coming back to the earth. The ten girls mean all of us who call ourselves his disciples and who want to meet him. Will we be ready? Do we really love him and obey him? Or have we forgotten to be ready when he comes? Jesus then told his disciples another story, this time about a man who was preparing for a trip to a distant country. Before he went, he gave money to his servants and told them to use it to earn more for him while he was away. He gave $5,000 to one servant, two thousand dollars to another and only one thousand dollars to a third the servant who had the five thousand dollars used it to buy things and then he sold them for more than they cost him he kept buying and selling like that until he finally had twice as much money as he started with the servant with two thousand dollars did the same until he had earned two thousand dollars more but the servant with the one thousand dollars didn't use it He hid it instead. After a long time, the master came back and called in his servants to find out how much they had earned with his money. The servant with the $5,000 said, see, I have earned $5,000 more. His master was pleased and paid him well for his fine service. Then the servant with the $2,000 came and reported, see, I've earned $2,000 more. And the master was pleased and gave him a good reward then the servant with the one thousand dollars came master he said i know how unfair you are and that you take what isn't yours i knew you would take away all the money i earned so i didn't earn any here's your money again just what you gave me the master was angry you disobedient lazy fellow he said if i take all your profits that's no excuse for you being idle while i was gone then he said to his other servants as he took back the thousand dollars he doesn't get even a tiny reward in this story the master means christ he's gone to heaven to stay for a while we don't know how long but he is coming back the servants are all of us left here in the world to work for him the money means whatever he's given us to work with some of us have many abilities and opportunities and some of us have few But each of us has some ability God can use. When Jesus comes again, he will reward those who have used their talents well. But he will punish those who have not used them or who have used them only for themselves. Now, we have one more final story that Jesus told. Jesus told the people there was a farmer who planted a vineyard and built a wall around it and built a guard tower to protect it from robbers. He leased it to a man who promised to give him part of the grapes when they were ripe. Then the owner went away to a distant country. When the grapes were ripe, he sent someone to collect his share of the crop. But the man who was leasing the farm beat him up and scared him away. Then the owner sent someone else to collect his share, but the man on the farm threw stones at him and wounded him in the head, seriously injuring him. Afterwards, the owner sent still another man to collect the rent from him, but some were beaten up and others killed. The owner sent his only son, for he thought they won't dare harm my son. But when the tenant saw the owner's son coming, he said to his friends, that boy is going to own the vineyard someday. Come on, let's kill him and then it will be all ours. So they caught him, dragged him out of the vineyard and killed him. Jesus asked, when the owner of the vineyard returns, what will he do to those men? The people answered, he will kill them and lease his vineyard to someone who will give him his proper share of the grapes. In this story, the owner of the vineyard means God and the wicked man leasing the farm means the Jewish leaders. God chose them to be his people, and he gave them the land of Canaan. He taught them his laws, and they promised to obey him. But afterwards, they turned against God and persecuted and killed his prophets, who he had sent to warn and persuade them. Then at last, God sent his only son Jesus, and now in a few days, they were going to kill him just as the wicked farmers had killed the son of the owner of the vineyard. When the Jewish leaders heard this story, they knew that Jesus was talking about them and they were very angry and wanted all the more to kill him. Then Jesus told the people another story. A king's son was getting married, he said, and there was a big party to celebrate the happy occasion, but the people he invited to the party wouldn't come. So he sent for them again. My dinner is ready, he said, come to the marriage. But some turned away and wouldn't listen, and others tortured and killed his messengers. When the king heard about it, he was very angry and sent his soldiers to destroy those murderers and burn up their city. Then the king said to his friends, the wedding dinner is ready, but I won't let those I first invited come. Go into the streets and lanes and invite everyone you see to come to the marriage." So the messengers brought as many people as they could. The king gave a gift to each guest, a new outfit of clothes, and he required that the guest wear these clothes at the wedding dinner. But when the king went into the banquet room where the dinner was being served, he noticed a man who wasn't following instructions, for he had on his regular clothing. "'Friend,' the king asked, "'why no wedding clothes?' And the man was silent, for he had refused to take them when they were offered to him. Then the king was angry and said to his servants, "'Find him, hand and foot, and take him away, and throw him into the dark dungeon where people are kept who will not obey me.'" In this story, the king means God, and the king's son means Jesus. Those who were first invited to the party and wouldn't come were the Jews because they were the first to be asked to believe in Jesus, but many of them wouldn't do it. The people who were invited to the dinner afterwards are the people of the other nations who believe Jesus. The man without the wedding clothes is anyone who pretends to believe and to accept God's invitation, but won't obey him. Such people may seem to obey God's word and might fool others, but God sees their hearts. We cannot hide our hearts from him, even for a moment. One of the Jewish religion teachers asked, came to Jesus asking him this question, Master, which is the greatest of God's commandments? Jesus answered, You must deeply love the Lord your God. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the next most important commandment is you must love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that all the other commandments in the Bible came from these two. If we obey these two great laws of God, we will be obeying all the other laws too. We will be doing everything the Bible tells us to. Jesus said the Jewish leaders were hypocrites, that is, they pretended to be good when they really weren't at all. They stood on the street corners and prayed long prayers in public so that people would respect and praise them for their earnestness. But really, they weren't good and earnest men at all, for they were unfair and cruel to the poor. Jesus said they would be punished at the judgment day. Then he went into the court of the temple where the offering boxes were. He sat down and watched as people threw in the money they were giving to God. He noticed that many rich men gave much, but a poor widow gave only one penny. Then Jesus called his disciples and told them that her penny meant more to God than all the bags of money given by the rich men. For they kept all but a little of their money for themselves. But the poor widow kept nothing. She had given every penny that she had. So those are some of the stories that Jesus told on Tuesday. Now we come to Wednesday and the Bible doesn't tell us what Jesus was doing. He probably stayed in Bethany two miles away from Jerusalem with his disciples. So kiddos, I hope you've enjoyed our stories and I hope that you're gonna tune in to next week's Kid Talk and we, as we find out what Jesus was doing on Maundy Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Easter Sunday. And you know kiddos you are god's children and one day when you're really 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 old god wants you to come and live with him and if this is what you want to do too then tell god that you're sorry for anything you may have done that he would not have wanted you to do maybe you listened to the wrong friends or perhaps you allowed peer pressure to be your decision maker Whatever it is, simply say sorry to Jesus and really mean it. God will accept your apology. And then simply ask God to come and live in your heart. This way he's always with you and your mistakes have been forgiven. And finally, tell God that you believe his son Jesus died on the cross for you and for your sins. Amen. And kiddos, this is being born again spiritually. You may need an adult to help you with some of those concepts and that's okay. Just know that what you did by asking Jesus to be with you in your heart and cleaning up any mistakes is something that you will never be sorry for. So I want to be the first to tell you congratulations and God bless you. And when you have the opportunity to read, make sure to pick up some of the Bible stories that Jesus shares and you'll never have a dull moment again. Jesus loves you and so do I. Now let's close in prayer with this benediction from Numbers chapter six, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. And folks, the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you grew up with. We'll be discussing and sharing Jesus' unlimited power in our present-day lives. We delve into many topics such as forgiveness, how to be joyful, and what love in action looks like, and many more. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please join me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. Until next time, God bless you.